Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, August 12th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. A season going so well for Sporting Kansas City took a hit on Tuesday with a 6-1 loss to Leon in the League's Cup game at Children's Mercy Park. Cue the phonograph needle scratching. Sporting didn't use several regulars in the game, and it's fair to wonder about Coach Peter Vermees' approach to the contest. And we do that on today's show with the Stars' Sean Goodwin. Sporting's got a nice season going. Do they need an international game added to what's already a busy stretch of the schedule? On the other hand, success in such events is good for the team's brand and reputation. After a break, we catch up with KCNWSL and talk about Lionel Messi's transfer from Barcelona to Paris Saint-Germain. And where does Messi rank on the all-time list of footballers? Sean shares his opinion. So let's get going talking soccer with Sean Goodwin. All right, Sean, a lot to talk about today. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. Just me today. No Intex, no Cora, no Briar. It's a sad day. No, Allie. We, first time in a long time. We've been just the two of us. But uh, somehow, some way, I feel like uh, we will get through this show. A lot to talk about. Yeah, we enjoy talking. We'll be fine. We'll do it. Uh, let's, let's start with the League's Cup. Disappointing outcome for Sporting Kansas City. Um, you know, you in, in advancing the story, you kind of gave a heads up that we could see, you know, non-regulars play, um, you know, academy guys on the field. And I don't know if we expected it to the extent that it happened. Um, yes. So let's start with what what happened in the six to one loss to Leon from from Mexico? And let me before you answer that, let me just say the League's Cup is a it's an eight team tournament that matches MLS teams against Liga MX, and um, you know Sporting was in it by virtue of being the first place team in the West last year, mm-hmm. and they're pitted against Leon and uh, a, a good team. And as you pointed out in in your story, uh, you know at least from a from a world ranking standpoint, similar in, in uh, expectation uh, on, uh, you know, in terms of world ranking on the club level. So Sean, why did, why did Peter Vermees do what he did and, and, and play the, the lineup that he did? Yeah. Blair, like you said, very, very, slim, very similar teams when you talk about the world ranking itself. Um which I think is testament to Sporting KC because Leon spends a lot more money. Liga MX doesn't have any of the salary cap issues. Um, but yeah, talking about the game itself, uh, you know, it's the League's Cup is a new competition, started up in 2019. It was cancelled in 2020 because of COVID and we're back now. Um, so yeah, you know, it's the four teams, MLS, four teams, Liga MX, who didn't qualify from the Champions League, like you said, Blair. Um and therefore, it's a bunch of very good teams. It's, you know, it is just between MLS and Liga MX. Uh, obviously, you know, there's no other, uh, no other CONCACAF countries, but when it comes to the CONCACAF Champions League and dominance in, you know, North American soccer, <laughs> going to get two leagues usually at the top. So it's certainly a big competition. And yeah, basically, Sporting KC, they played across the course of the game eight players who had played five games or less this season. A handful of those hadn't played any minutes this season. Uh, you know, Ozzy Cisneros got some minutes. Um, 
I know I'm, I'm can't think of some of the other guys who played zero Ks and Pierre came in as a sub. Uh, and you had guys like, you know, um, Grayson Barber, Wilson Harris, Carve Rad, uh, John Paul Scamp, all those guys, minimal minutes, and they all came in. And it's a uh, plenty of the base. Yeah, Sporson get beat down by basically a full strength play on side 6 1. Um, looking at both sides of the story, again, I, I had a story published this morning, basically breaking all of this down. And there's a lot of good points for either side of the story, Blair. Um, on one side, you know, sports, a lot of sports and KC fans, even heading into the game, were saying, ah, you know, it's a cash grab from MLS and League MX. Uh, this competition is pointless, blah, blah, blah. I think it's not a pointless competition. I think in five, six years, once this is a regular thing, I want to think I'll be proven correct in that. Um, but let's get into the future. Sporting, during the middle of the seven games in 22 games, or 22 days, four games in 11 days in four different cities, um, several different time zones. So... Peter Vermeese has basically said, hey, I'm not risking my players, going to need to take some rest, which is absolutely fair. I get it. Uh, and he's fielded a really young team who has basically been left to the dogs to just be tore apart by Leon on the other side. You know, people like me, it's like, it should be taken seriously. And there's guys like Johnny Russell, I ask specifically, because he's got plays the last three games now. He's not injured. I guess he's just getting an extended rest. Um, Alan played out only played 30 minutes against um, Colorado on the weekend. Didn't play at all. Maybe he would have come in if it was a close game. Graham Zussi didn't play at all. So I definitely expected some of the youngsters to play. I didn't expect it to be at the level of what we saw on Tuesday. And therefore... The six one results isn't a surprise. I don't blame the youngs because I blame the coaching staff. So <clears throat> a few things here. Um, uh, the, the, the as you mentioned, the, the schedule is busy uh, mm-hmm. for sure, and this was plopped down right in the middle of a the, the busiest stretch. Yeah, which is stupid. It is right. There there could be remedies for that. Yeah. I mean, there there are ways to. Uh, to, to fix that, you suggested a couple in the story that, that's posted today on KansasCity.com. It'll be in the show notes as well. Just smarter scheduling. Maybe you, you, you know, you, you, you put some games earlier in the season so you can, so this, this time of year, you can, um, uh, you, you can a- account for international uh, competition. But the other thing, Sean, that I, I thought about was sporting was in a similar situation two years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was at the beginning of the season versus now, which is we're almost almost exactly at the midpoint of the MLS season. But that was at the beginning of the season. But that that seemed to have an impact on oh, yeah. the rest of Sporting Kansas City season. Take us through what happened in in early 2019 and maybe how Peter Vermees uh, you know learned from that experience. Yeah, 2019 Concacaf Champions League. Um... So, you know, it's like the CONCACAF Champions League, it's like the start of the MLS season. Um, for the rest of CONCACAF, it's kind of near the end of their season because it starts get, it gets going, you know, kind of through the winter, basically, and through the off-season here. Um, so, you know, Sports and Casey took part of that in 2019, got all the way to the semi-final 
uh, before being, for lack of a better word, curb stomped by Monterey. Uh, tank two on aggregate was not pretty. Um, but on on track to get to that point, again, it's the Champions League. I know it's not as prestigious as the, you know, the big European one, but it's still an international tournament that should be taken seriously. And goes on sporting for doing that back in 2019. Semi-finals, a great accomplishment. Um, but he got absolutely decimated along the way. Um before the season, it really got going, to be honest. I think by the time they have been knocked out, they played a couple of games in the season. And sports and scores are really strong in 2019. They looked really good. Um, but between early season fatigue, injuries, they just they got injured so early on. And it just it destroyed the whole season. Um, I think that was my first year covering sports and with the star. So I got to cover, I got 11th place year uh, for my first year. And then I got COVID the year after. So this year has been fun. Um, but yeah, no, not, not being like, it was not a good time for sports. And I think Peter Vermees, he, he said that himself. He was like, you know, we've experienced this before where if the schedule allowed it, if he had a fully fit team, he would love to compete in these kinds of competitions. But as you were just saying, Blair, you know, MLS needs to do a better job with scheduling. Um, for a league that wants to advance itself and advance its teams, they don't do a lot to try and help them with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Peter Lane, from what happened in 2019, and basically says, hey, we're first in the West, we're second in the Supporters' Shield. Honestly, that stuff matters more to the fan base and probably right now to the club. So he's going to focus on that. He's not going to risk players. Jalen Lindsay plays and got injured. Um, hopefully, we get an update on him today or tomorrow. I know yesterday was a rest day. Um, so, I, I, yeah, that's kind of the reason why he probably took a young team. I don't blame him, but it's a tough, tough situation for him and the coaching staff. What is the value of performing well on an international stage for for a club team and for and for sporting? That means, you know, that it's a, it's limited, right? To 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 Mexican clubs. But what's the value uh, for sporting and for U.S. soccer in general for MLS teams to perform well in these competitions? Honestly, more than anything right now, it's brand recognition and. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just general, overall general, not respect, but growing American game, not just growing the American game in MLS, but for that specific club as well. I mean, you look at some of the Mexican teams that have dominated Mexico and dominated North America, I guess, for the last couple of decades. The likes of your Tigres recently, uh, Pumas, escaping now and for a long time, we're on kind of a downturn right now. Um, Monterey's dominance of they've as they always being, you know, getting off the lights of your Barcelona's and, you know, Liverpool's and Bayern Munich's and whatnot. But that's just how world soccer is. But when you talk about North American soccer, those are the teams that people know, even out in Europe and, you know, they're respected teams. If you start having American teams reach the echelon of hikes that, you know, winning CONCACAF Champions Leagues and being the dominant teams in North America, uh, that only helps grow the brands of that team and ultimately ultimately the league. 
Um, you know, I was I was barely a wee child back when LA Galaxy and DC United won the Champions League back in Christ the early two thousands. Um, and I'm sure they got some great brand recognition. I think the LA Galaxy and being from LA helps. They are brand recognizing game around the world. DC United not as much, but that's kind of what these MLS teams, that's the next step, right? It's it's not just being known here in the US, but it's being known around the world. And we can delve into how that helps with transfers and, you know, delve bring them better players in, better, you know, players like Buzio being souls for high fees. It, it's its whole spiraling effect. So it's just success breeds success, do well on a higher stage, and you can only go up from there. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but as as you pointed out before we started the show, the, 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 the there's a, a a national brand as well, and the USA national brand got a boost this week with FIFA international rankings. So um, tell us tell us where USA is right now. Yes, USA up ten spots from number twenty to number ten. Um, so ten, baby. Yeah, you can say now that USA is a top ten soccer nation in the world, at least for international play, which is uh, which is great. Uh, after you know two trophies this summer, uh, Nations League and Gold Cup, big big jump. Uh, the US they've, they've only lost, I believe, one game this whole calendar year. Um, Please correct me on that if I'm incorrect, but that's a good number I think it is. So, yeah, no, huge jump. And still behind Mexico by one spot. And people people are questioning, you said it yourself, Blair, what, what do we have to do to jump above these guys? Because Mexico were number 11. They've jumped up two spots themselves. Uh, but how the rankings work is, I don't know the, the full intricacies, but essentially every nation is given points based on their last 12 months of play. So, you know, the last update was just before the summer. The whole summer's happened. Um, so, you know, whatever Mexico did last summer has now been erased and replaced with this summer. Um, but they still made it to two finals. Um, you know, it was on US soil, so it was road games for them. And you have to bear in mind that because Mexico was already number 11, Mexico was, tw- oh, US was 20. Mexico had a huge, huge point boost already. Like the US had a lot of catching up to do points wise. Uh, so that's why USA is still behind. I think as we head into the World Cup qualifiers and, you know, get keep updating these rankings, it would not surprise me if by next summer or even as we are heading to the World Cup, the US is above Mexico, which is an exciting prospect for sure for the rival US fans and just the game in this country. One loss this year uh, in 2021 for the U.S. team. Uh, they're 12 and one, and that yep. loss came to Northern Ireland in in, in yeah, March. That's right. I remember that. In a friendly, so what, one nil, I believe. One uh, two to one. Two to one. Ah, one, I couldn't be 100 percent correct. I should have stopped myself while I was ahead. <laughs> um, is is there some value in the world ranking when it comes to um, uh, World Cup seeding? Yes, so um, World Cup season with it being eight groups in the upcoming World Cup, um, it's essentially you know the World Cup draw exceeds it's like a pot one, pot two, pot three, pot four kind of deal. Um, 
you know, maybe very rarely one of those top eight teams somehow doesn't manage to qualify. Um, very rare instances. You know, there's been a couple of times where oh, Italy doesn't qualify for Euros, England doesn't qualify for Euros once. But just like to say, rule of thumb, the top eight teams qualify for the World Cup. Um, if the US can get into the top eight by World Cup, um, the World Cup draw, you, the US can avoid a lot of really good teams. At that point, you're talking about you're avoiding your Italy's and Brazil's and England's and Belgium's and Spain's and yeah, the Germany, the big, big teams the US would be avoiding in the draw and they'd be a big dog in their group. Uh, so obviously, you know, still being in pot two is great, but you still get kind of stuck with one of those big teams. Well, if the US can crack the top eight, um, that's excellent for World Cup. And then I know, at least for um, for Great Britain, uh, so the Premier League, they have their own international work permit laws, I guess, or rules. And it gets, it gets a little bit more convoluted. But if a team is within the top 10, or if a player is from one of the top 10 nations in the world, it's typically easier for them to earn work permits and so on and so forth to play in um, Great Britain, which for Americans, I don't think that's a huge issue anyway, but certainly something to, something to consider as the US continues to climb. Very good. Uh, next up for the US men's national team is World Cup qualifying third round. Uh, September 2, they play El Salvador in El Salvador. So uh, the, the, the months of September, October, and November are World, World Cup qualifying rounds for, for the U.S. Um, okay, Sean, let's take a break, and we got some other topics to cover when we get back. We're back with Sean Goodwin talking soccer. And, Sean, the uh, KCNWSL, they got a goal at Louisville, uh, the fellow expansion team last weekend, but yeah. they fall three to one. And look, they were, they were probably heading to a, a, another loss when it was two to one, but that third goal by Louisville just, just put a bad taste in the mouths, I think of the fans and um, just a, a real mental lapse I know Hugh Williams had to be just beside himself when he, when he sees something like that, but you can't look publicly. You can't get down on your team, but just a kind of a bad moment and yep. indicative of a team that's really had no luck this season. Yeah. I mean, I certainly had no luck. I think the play itself, um, you know, I always joke our job. We, you know, we sit here and we, uh, with, with all of our sports and talents, we break down how these athletes play the game. And I, I was thinking about this earlier, that soccer ices might be the worst for it because ultimately soccer is a really easy game in its basic principles, but you know many people don't realise just how difficult it is at the highest level. I mean, I wasn't step on the fields with these lazies, they destroy me. Um but the play itself, yeah, comes off a throwing from Kiki Pickett, um, who's been excellent, by the way, since she starts again minutes. And uh, Kristen Eggman's, again, excellent. She's been excellent this year, one of Sporting's most consistent defenders. Um, and she's, you know, but she's been moved inside to centre back because of Kiki coming in and throwing straight to Kristen. And she's, you know, she's let the ball run across her body inside 
Uh, ding touching off the resort. I don't know if she makes the touching just miscontrolled, which is certainly a little bit more forgivable. Um, but just looked like she let the ball run behind her across her body, and it's like the Louisville player pants um, run through on goal and have an easy finish. And here's the criticizing part, and that you know you, you're basically taught that unless you're a forward, letting the ball run past you, you know you're always going to be keeping that, taking a touch, especially as a defender, and keeping the ball close to your body if you're not under pressure. Um, and especially keep the ball in front of you. If she took that touch and kept the ball in front of her. She has all the time in the world to make a pass or clear it, pass it back to Kiki. Um, but she's like a ball going across her behind her and the Louisville players pounce. Um, me, you know, again, Chris Nagman's playing centre-back. She doesn't usually play there, so it's a little bit more forgivable. She might not be as aware of her surroundings and whatnot, but definitely a uh, not a good moment for her. Right. And look, if, if this were a season where they'd had a few victories, it, it's not a it, it's, it's not an issue. We probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But it just it just strikes me as being somewhat emblematic of the, the fortunes of this expansion team still looking for its first victory. It's going to happen. It's they'll, they'll, they'll get their W. They, the, the, the roster has been strengthened and you know, we, you're not. You know, obviously not thinking about postseason soccer with this group, but uh, let's get them a victory. Let, let's let's get them, you know, let, let them walk off the field feeling really good about the day, and um, and and maybe maybe it'll come soon. Yeah, maybe it'll come soon. Um, so you've come really close sometimes. Um, and I yeah. just yeah yeah look, that's why you know what they're. they're they're not getting blown out. I mean, there are a lot of one goal losses. This one would have been if it weren't for the mistake at the end. And um, that, that's why I feel confident that victory is around the corner for them. They, they, they stay competitive. They, they do work hard. Um, I, I think they'll be rewarded with a victory here sometime yeah. soon. Hey, and on the international front, uh, I don't know if you saw the, the, the celebration in Paris um, this week for – uh, for the latest addition to Paris Saint Germain, mm-hmm. uh, yes. there was a big, big celebration. It's funny, just in the last week, Paris celebrating the, uh, you know, with the, with the closing of the Olympic Games in Tokyo. You know, the next one's coming to Paris in 2024, so there's a big celebration for that. And then just a few days later, um, uh, they're, they're yep. celebrating Messi, Messi's arrival. So. This is um, what an international story this was. Messi mm. leaves Barcelona for, for Paris Saint-Germain. What's your take on this? Yeah, not a bad little week for Paris, eh? Um, but no, Lionel Messi, you know, I guess the, the premise to all of this is obviously, you know, being a Barcelona his whole career, and in my opinion, the best player of all time. I'm whoa, sure whoa, you whoa, whoa, let's, let's, let's hold right. it right there. That's yeah. that's. It's a bold statement. I know. I'm sure you have, I was going to say, you have people pitch for because I saw his office after that claim. Um, but in, in my humble opinion, um, not the opinion of the Kansas City star, um, Lionel Messi, the greatest player of all time. And yeah, it's, you know, he, it looked like he was signing another contract with Barcelona. Um, but it, it's whole issue, a whole issue by itself, being Barcelona isn't, the last decade's awfully managed club. Uh, massive contracts to players who, some de- some deserving of the money, not that kind of money, some players like you 
being here, simply sitting on the bench and being loaned out. Um, so, you know, it looked like it looked like Messi had come to an agreement with him and it turns out that he probably couldn't have even been registered with La Liga uh, because of the decks that Barcelona was in. They had to offload him. Uh, so, yep, he doesn't sign a contract and there was rumours of a, a few clubs that Messi could have gone to. Uh, Man City, PSG were kind of the main two. And then there was always like a very small chance of a Messi to MLS, but I, I think we were a bit hopeful on that one. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, but now hooks up with um, his old buddy Neymar of PSG, uh, along with Kylian Mbappe on that front line to create laws. It, it might be the best front three in at least recent history. I don't want to say all time on that one, but certainly up there. You know, obviously at rivals, the, the Messi, Neymar, Suarez, uh, front three at Barcelona. Um, my beloved Firmino Salamane um, with Liverpool uh, in recent years anyway but now uh, so yeah Messi PSG very large contract um, I believe 35 million euros which is about 45 million dollars I believe per year that's after taxes too because uh, that's, that's how you do it out in Europe so a lot of money and uh, he's on a uh, two year contract there I believe um, greatest player of all time. Yes, yes. He, yeah, I, I have this debate so many times, Blair. If you know, we should get some whiskeys and sit here till four AM because that's what me and my friends do, having these kinds of debates. Um, in that, it, it's very tough to compare across eras. Of course, you know, I mean, it harks back to good old Jaws and LeBron debates and so on and so forth, and you know. For soccer, you have the Capellis and the Maradonas of the world and whatnot. Different era, but I, I just think even if they were in the same era, what Messi can do, um, and, you know, a, a big part of the modern day is, like, better strength training and, and so on and so forth. Messi is not going for his strength. It's the, it's the speed and, you know, the, the dribbling ability, the ball sticks with his foot like glue, the finishing, the free kicks, Outside of heading, because the poor fella's five foot seven, five foot seven gang. That's also me, as we've discussed on here before. Um, he's got everything, absolutely everything. And to have over a thousand goals and assists in your career, um, I believe he's averaging in his career one goal or assist per game, which if you're a player who's averaging 0.5 goals or assists per game in a single season, never mind your career. You're having an excellent season. This dude is averaging one over his career. Uh, so it's... You, you can't match him, I'm sorry. I know there's people who say Ronaldo. And Ronaldo, I think, has got excellent work ethic, and that's why he's where he is. But I don't think Messi can be touched, at least right now. Okay, I'll, I'll buy that. Um Pele from my generation, but uh, yeah, generations before. Um, you know, it's, it also brings to mind a topic that I've always been curious about, and we'll save it for another day, but I'll just introduce it here. And the fact that he is going to, uh, to France to play, and I've always wondered why professional soccer, club soccer in that nation has not been historically on par with, 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 with England, Italy, Spain, Germany. Yeah. Why, don't, why don't they invest the way those nations do? So 
think about that. And um, I was ready to go. <laughs> well, we're about out of time. But, yeah. I'm, but I've always been curious about that. And maybe this will change. And if you look at the history of, you know, of the European Club Soccer Championships, I think Marseille won, uh, won one once back in the 90s. But it's all been dominated by, you know, countries other than France, including Holland. And, um, you know, there, there's just been yeah. uh, Portugal, you know, everybody but France, it seems like. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so, no. Historically good teams, Marseille, Lyon, Lille, the likes of those, but your Asics. They've never been at the forefront, at least for a long time. Okay, Sean, as always, enjoyed the conversation and we'll do it again next week. Yes, sir. Look forward to it. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to stories about Sporting Kansas City, Kansas City NWSL, and all kinds of soccer can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they're posted first on kansascity.com after three months it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel it's a great time to subscribe read about what's going on with the chiefs training camp the royals the colleges our soccer teams and more how do you get it you go to kansascity.com slash sports pass 2020 that's kansascity.com slash sports pass 2020 you want more than just sports coverage check out the entire kansas city star product Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. you got all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, features, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So... Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday to preview the Chiefs' preseason opener. Look forward to talking to you then.